Let's go to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline and talk to Luke Robinson. Hey. Luke, are you with us, man? Luke. I am. How are you guys today? Hey, doing, doing good. really good. Uh, Brock, first off, man, yeah. I stopped in Alexander City this. the other day and got a tour of, of Robinson Iron, and they got some of the coolest stuff I've seen down there. I missed it. Was I playing in the sandbox? What was going on? Yeah, Luke, Luke you were a great tour guide, and I've been raving about it since, man, uh, and we'll get into it. But, man, kind of tell what you do, and then uh, we'll go from there, okay? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, kind of a long story or a short story, but uh, I'll give you the abbreviated version just to get started. We are a company that we either create, recreate, or restore cast metal pieces. Um, that includes everything from cast iron facades to fountains to urns to uh, planters and furniture, uh, lighthouse work. Uh, we do all that type of stuff, uh, obviously historical railings, uh, we've done a lot of work in Colorado at, at their Capitol Dome, in Nashville at their Capitol Dome. We restored Vulcan uh, back about 20-some-odd years yeah, ago. Yeah, got Vulcan back on the hill. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing project still, I would say, to this day. We've done a lot of uh, incredible stuff and, and really been very fortunate to be a part of some fantastic projects uh, with a lot of Man, incredible people, uh, fantastic architects and, and very talented craftsmen on other levels. But really, I think working on Vulcan is probably the, the best project we've ever done in terms of just helping with state pride, uh, dealing with some folks here. I know the Crane Works folks were also involved with that to a degree. I, I know there were a lot of people um in Birmingham and, and in between Birmingham and Ellick City that were uh, instrumental in getting that job done. And it was it's one of our biggest sources of pride. There's no doubt about it. Well, yeah. it, it seems like, yeah, it seems like doing these projects, like you say, all around the, the country. I mean, Vulcan certainly puts you into uh, a, a necessary touch with the history here in Birmingham and, and uh, with that item that goes all the way back to the World's Fair, right? But I would think that most of these things that you're restoring puts you in touch with the history of a lot of other different locations around the country. They really do. Um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm more focused on cast iron fountains. I mean, that's sort of just... Uh, that sort of fell into my lap a little more. So I travel to a lot of small towns, particularly uh, mostly on the East Coast or in the Midwest, because a lot of these were where uh, these cast iron fountains would be originally. Uh, there were two major, major foundries that created these pieces, J.L. Mott and J.W. Fisk, both of them in New York. Both of them did very similar type stuff. Mm. And some of these fountains would be 30-odd feet tall, some of them would be, you know, 10, 5 feet tall, whatever. You could sure. do it for a resident. You could do it for municipality. Well, back in the 1800s when these companies were really thriving, they, all we can surmise is they must have had several salesmen that go around the country and uh, try to sell these various, especially smaller towns, on having a landmark like a fountain sure. that can be the city center, that can be the city symbol. Yeah. Uh, that's why you see it a lot of times in, in postcards, uh, these antique postcards yeah. or, or antique letterhead, you see a fountain well, uh, that's drawn. Yeah. Well, you and mentioned, the, you mentioned um, I think it was in Memphis, a, a home builder up there, or, you know, that does a lot, like does stuff all over the country. 
Uh, they got y'all to, I, I think if I remember right, you said y'all basically designed a fountain and put it in this new neighborhood, and their sales skyrocketed because of this fountain. Or, 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 it, or I mean, uh, yeah, it has a it has a, a, a welcoming point or whatever, and it's 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 done good enough that they're going to start including the fountains and other developments as they go. Is that did I tell that right? No, you you did uh, to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> I took some license with it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I think that's fun. Um, so anyway, Southern Land Company, they're a fantastic group out of Nashville, and uh, they decided to, uh, they came to us. They found us at one of the expos that we go to uh, on, on occasion, the AIA, ASLA shows, and they. I started talking to one of them about a potential centerpiece for this new development called West Haven, which is in Franklin, Tennessee. And I don't, you know, if you've ever, I've got three children that live in Columbus, Ohio. So I, I burn up I-65 oh, yeah. and I have watched that area of Tennessee just blossom. Oh, I mean, it's incredible. Sure. What a, what a, what a gorgeous area it is. Um, beautiful scenery, all that. And it's right outside of Nashville. And it's he, the Southern land company came up with this uh, immaculate detail of the, this neighborhood they envisioned. And I think it's worked out beautifully they wanted to put a fountain there, <clears throat> excuse me, and they wanted the fountain to be at least reminiscent of the fountain in Forsyth Square Park in uh, Savannah, Tennessee, which we also restored many moons ago. Okay. Well, we what we did was we used a combination of new patterns and a few little new things that we have the capability to make uh, to create them this very unique piece for them. And uh, the other thing that they were adamant upon, and this is something we had always encourage people not to do they were adamant it'd be painted white oh wow the reason is white really stands out but here's the problem with white on cast iron if you ever have a blemish and you will because cast iron will rust it's sort of its way of protecting itself in a way if you ever have a blemish it will stick out almost like a sore thumb because it'll be so you know sort of bright orange at first and then morph into more of a chocolatey red sure well we, we had discouraged people because, you know, you're going to get nicks and scratches. Birds are going to land on it. A, tr- a tree limb is going to hit it. People are going to throw change in it and sure. scratch the paint, et cetera. Well, the, but the Memphis, I mean, excuse me, the Savannah fountain is white. And, and he was like, I just love that look. Well, the thing with Savannah, if anybody knows, for St. Patrick's Day, they dye that water green every year, and then they repaint the fountain every year. Uh. Um, so I said, well, yeah, I don't want you repainting it all the time. Well, we just went ahead and we relented and said, okay, we'll paint it white. And it's turned out to be absolutely gorgeous. They do not repaint it every year. It, it probably needs a once over at this point because it's been several, several, several years. Yeah. But it was such a beautiful centerpiece that the, the home values around that particular piece really skyrocketed is what I was told. Yeah. And um, everybody wanted to be near the fountain because it's just such a great place to be. And um it's a huge piece. I mean, I want to say the bottom bowl is about 15, 17 feet in diameter. Oh, wow. Um, it's not the tallest fountain we've ever done. Uh, that gym may go to a fountain we did in Toronto, which was in front of the Four Seasons. It was about 35, 36 feet tall. So, oh, cool. But uh, it, it's it's a huge piece. Yeah. But some of these things you had in there were just amazing. Uh, like the city gate, I, I took that picture of you, and I mean, yeah. you're not a small guy. You're like <laughs> six five, and you're in the picture. But at one, I didn't realize we still had city gates being made in the yeah. country. But it's going up at, at a town in Massachusetts. But I mean, you're six five, and this gate is like thirty feet tall that you have in yeah. your warehouse, and. 
just the detail. And I mean, it was incredibly cool. And then like next to it, there's a lighthouse that you're working on. And then, <laughs> you know, an, a, an old fountain, like I said, it's just gorgeous over next to it. And, uh, y'all are working on the fountain in, uh, in mobile. What is that? Benville square. Uh, it's in your place right now. So, I mean, there's just incredibly cool stuff in history. Y'all oh, have like a sure. scrap pile kind of where people, I think you said, um, you know, just give it to you or y'all go get it. They don't want something. So you have like a pile outside of just parts and it's just, I mean, it's just really cool stuff. And, uh, I love seeing all this, you know, family business in Alabama. Um, it's just amazing what you do. Well, thank you. And yeah, we do have the fountain at Bienville square. It's one of probably the most famous fountain, at least in Alabama. Um, it's up there with the Memphis court square and, and probably Forsyth park as one of the more famous fountains in the South. And so if you're familiar with Bienville uh, Park and Bienville Square Park in Mobile, then you know they were really damaged recently by some of the storms and some of those um, very historic oak trees were taken out, uh, unfortunately, by the storm. So they decided they're going to do some really serious park renovation. And part of that is, okay, we also need to fix some issues with the fountain basin the concrete fountain basin they've got a few things to do there and it was just time to give it a nice once over and they said well while we're doing that we might as well go ahead and restore the fountain even though the fountain is not in bad shape i mean it's in fantastic shape especially considering it is in a salt air environment that can be kind of corrosive um it's in the center of a park and and let's face it sometimes a city park can uh not be the best place especially at night you know sure sure you know, you can have certain people come around and maybe do uh, things to some of your monuments. Yeah, so, right, right. Um, it, it is, uh, it, it, we've been able to take this, bring it back up here. We've got it uh, sitting in our yard right now, and we expect it to go back hopefully in August. I mean, that's the plan right now, but uh, that may change if uh, they can't get their side done. But that's one of the great things about us being in a small community. We have a lot of land that um, my grandfather started a foundry in 1946 and that's how this company got started was my grandfather began to acquire all these various patterns just because he thought they were interesting sure um he 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 didn't really have necessarily a vision that eventually he'd be restoring fountains all over the country and other pieces all over the world yeah it was more like he was just so interested in the foundry business itself um his foundry was actually more centered around pipes and pretty standard operating procedure stuff. Right. And right. so eventually in the early seventies, about the time I was born, my dad and his brother um, decided to start this other company. Now it's in conjunction with Robinson Foundry. Now there is no more Robinson Foundry. Now that found, that um, <laughs> company's been sold and sold again and sold again. And we still there, same place, same same place we started, and but now we just have a lot more property to store things if we have to. Yeah, yeah, we're absolutely. On, we're, listen, we're on the air. You're listening to Truett News Radio. We're on the air right now with Luke Robinson, the sales and marketing manager of Robinson Iron. And uh, boy, it's just a, a, a fantastic story that you have with respect to a family business gone well. And like you say, how could he possibly have known uh, what this business was going to become and how you guys would have such a, a touch on tangible history with respect to, you know, the lighthouses to, uh, to statues and to, well, you know, public of, gates. One of the things I thought was a great deal. Y'all, y'all fixed Vulcan a little too early because you said you had him <laughs> laying out there and, you know, in pieces. And, uh, this, this would be pre Instagram, but yeah. this would be the most Instagrammable spot sure, sure. ever. 
everybody wanted to come by and get a picture of with Vulcan's mood. rear end <laughs> while it was on the ground. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, man, that's pretty funny. I never thought about it, but uh, I guarantee you that would have that would have dominated oh, social media. Would have had a hashtag. Oh, it, I, I mean, I'm. I'm <laughs> It is very regrettable that Instagram wasn't around then because we would have been hashtag. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sunday. That would have been PR gold for you. Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, I will tell you a great. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh well, I was just going to say uh, uh, we're going to have to wrap up pretty quick, but I wanted to to, to check on this too, man. What I was uh, looking you up. Are you now? Are you the uh, the podcast, the Locked On Bama podcast? What do you do with that? Yeah, I also do run a podcast called Locked On Bama. Um, a friend of mine named Jimmy Stein, who's a relative internet legend uh, when it comes to Alabama sports. He's uh, a guy just like me, just sort of a rabid sports fan, and especially when it comes to all things Alabama. And um, he and I got to be friends, and we just sort of started a podcast called Talking Tuscaloosa a few years ago, and it was just really just me and him talking on the phone. We said, we're not going to do anything different, nothing professional. We're just talking, and if anybody wants to listen, so be it. If they don't, sure, no big sure. deal. And um, – well, somebody, uh, I think his name is David Lockheim. I believe that's his name. Um, he was involved or is still involved with the radio crew for the Utah Jazz. And he was starting a network called the Locked On Network, where it'd be Locked On Bama, Locked On Auburn, Locked On Syracuse, Locked On Nashville Predators, Locked On XFL, whatever. Sure, sure. And this thing has absolutely blown up. I couldn't believe it. He called us and said, look, we want you to be a part of it. Um, you do have to watch your language maybe a little more than y'all been doing. I'm like, yeah, but that's just the way we talk. Yeah. Um, and then nothing said, wrong with it. And you do. That's right. He said you do have to, you know, have have some live reads and things like that. And I said no problem. And I'll never forget this. Um, now this has certainly blossomed, and I'm not going to go into exactly what it is, but it's gotten a lot better. But the very first check we got from them. Jimmy and I, you know, we were like, okay, you know, we're getting paid for it. I mean, and we were doing it anyway, so it wasn't like we were doing it for the money. We each get a check after doing it for two months for thirteen dollars and thirty five cents each. <laughs> there you go. And there you go. I said, you know, I don't. I said, I feel like I'm, you know, what am I making? I'm not. Am I making shoes for Nike? I mean, this is <laughs> this is, doesn't feel right, you know. Um, I, I need to be making a little more than this, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to see what happens. And um, it has grown, you know, pretty significantly. And yeah, you got a big following, in- man. I was, I was on uh, Facebook or whatever it was. You had a lot of a lot of folks following you, and I just thought that's cool, man. And uh, maybe I- that people could tie it together. That's that's you know you. Yeah, it was amazing. I'll tell you, this this is honest. I, w- I want to tell you two stories if you got time, real quick ones. But I went to the SEC tournament last week uh, to go check out Alabama. I met my children from Ohio. One of them, my kids goes to Arizona State. He flew in. And um, we're going, we're walking around, and I must have had six people come up to me and go, "Are are you on Locked On Bama?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah." I mean, I didn't know these people at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So a couple of them wanted to take pictures and stuff, and you know, not that I'm famous, but I, I liked it. And then I met a Missouri <laughs> fan who said, "Man, I really love listening to you guys." And I, I just thought this is bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, like, I yeah, just thought for it sure. was me, and maybe occasionally some of my friends. So you know, it does make you feel good. But the other thing. Um, I want to tell you, and this goes back to Vulcan to sort of wrap it up. We had an older lady come in, and I told you uh, earlier when you came to take the tour that people would come, and yes, they would get right in Vulcan's backside and take a picture. <laughs> that was really funny and cool. But there was this lady who was adamant. She wanted to take a picture sitting on Vulcan's foot. Oh, geez. And I said, oh, okay. And she did, and, and she took it, and she sort of teared up. And her daughter was there, and she goes, what you don't understand is she has a picture 
of her sitting on the foot in um, in the park in Birmingham back when it was just in the park on the ground when oh, it wasn't wow. even on a stand. Yeah, yeah. And as a little girl. And How now she's, you know, 80-something years old, and oh, yeah. she has the same picture, and she feels like this may be, you know, this is such a great tie-in moment for her, like her family to have this picture of, of, of saying, excuse me, as I knock over my child's playset. Um, but um, I just thought that was so cool. I mean, that, that people, this Vulcan thing means so much yeah. to oh, everybody lots of history. in Birmingham. Sure. It's the largest cast iron statue in the world. It's a 56-foot-tall yep. statue on a 120-foot pedestal on yep. top of a mountain. You can't beat that, right? Oh, man, it's awesome. Well, hey, man, we got to run. But, Luke, thanks so much <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. uh, joining us. And, again, keep up the great work. It is, it is really cool stuff y'all are doing. And uh, if anybody – I don't want to just send them to you, but uh, if you're ever down around Alex City, you ought to kind of stick your head over there because oh, it's neat sure. stuff. But, man, keep it up, all right? All right, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, all right, absolutely. we'll talk to you. Have a great weekend. Yeah, that's Luke Robinson, the sales and marketing manager for Robinson Iron. And just, you know, a, a, a touch of just tangible history right there in Alex City.